Hello and welcome to the Logistics Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Cliff, Digital Content Producer for the Logistics Channel. Thanks for joining me. This is Logistics in Focus. Elevate your workforce. In October, I was lucky enough to attend Kerber's first ever in-person Elevate conference for the EMEA region in Rotterdam. This episode of the Logistics Podcast is the first part of a mini-series which will tackle two of the most critical areas in modern supply chain strategy, solving the labour shortage and developing automated solutions for the warehouse. Struggling to find warehouse operatives and HGV drivers? You're not alone. The dual forces of Brexit and COVID-19 have decimated the workforce in the UK and logistics was one of the hardest hit sectors. Retailers across the country had to make big strategic decisions as the first lockdown struck in March 2020. Robert Patton, Managing Director of Old Mill Saddlery, told me about his experiences as an e-commerce retailer facing a huge surge in demand alongside a restricted workforce. When the pandemic started, you know, our biggest fear was business going to disappear and what are we going to do? And we were really quite worried about it. And very quickly, we realised that this is not going to happen. It went completely the other way. Obviously, what you've said, being involved with outdoor activities, we supply that outdoor equestrian, you know, outdoor walker, all that sort of thing. I mean, business boomed to the extent where we began to really struggle getting stuff out the door and then the staff problems, labour shortages take place and you know we were losing a number of staff due to COVID and COVID restrictions. If one member of staff went down in one department it maybe took eight people down. Then were the challenges we began to see happening and our business pretty much doubled during that period and that definitely caused a few problems. The pandemic resulted in more mainstream media coverage of the supply chain than ever before as the sector was thrust into the spotlight. However, to this date, it hasn't led to a surge of young people starting their careers in logistics now that the pandemic is under control. Now, you probably know somebody with a maths A-level or an engineering NVQ even, but what about an international supply chain logistics extended diploma? That's where Alex Eames comes in. He's giving the next generation opportunities to grow and develop in logistics-based roles in his position as warehousing and storage tutor and assessor at South Essex College. I spoke to him about his role and what he provides in his courses. I started at South Essex about a year ago now. I'm their warehousing and storage tutor and assessor. I'm the only person who delivers the subject at the college. And I've also uh, got the automation lead part of my job role, where we've recently got some government funding to open a warehousing IoT, Institute of Technology. And I've been in charge of researching, implementing and resourcing the automation tech that we're going to be putting into that classroom. I'm going to guess the majority of our listeners have not had the opportunity to study warehousing in a formal setting at such a young age. How long have warehousing courses been available at South Essex College and what are they? The start of this year, we restarted doing them again and they weren't on offer for a couple of years at the college because they didn't have anyone with the background in warehousing to deliver the course for them. I believe we started running them about six years ago and they ran for about three years. 
until they lost someone who had the qualifications to teach them. I started at the college in January. A lot of what I do revolves around warehousing apprenticeships. So they're a level two storage and warehousing apprenticeship. They go for run for roughly 12 months, give or take a month or two for hiccups. And a warehousing apprenticeship normally consists of roughly, well, it's all on the job training. First six months is all knowledge based. So teaching apprentices, health and safety, customer service, information technology systems that can be used in the warehouse environment. What else have we got? Environmental management. Yeah, we've got a big knowledge base to go over with the apprentices in the first sort of six months of their apprenticeship. And then the second half of that year, we look at practical skills. So obtaining forklift or counterbalance or reach licenses, uh, observing picking and packing skills and making sure that our apprentices meet the standards that their workplaces need from them to perform at an optimum level. So we get them ready for the rest of their career, I guess. So these courses are clearly instrumental in preparing young people for a future in logistics. However, benchmarking research undertaken by Generation Logistics suggests that there's a bigger issue at hand here. An eye-watering 9 in 10 people would not consider a career in the logistics sector in the future. And additionally, only 12% of survey respondents described the supply chain industry as exciting. Meanwhile, 30% preferred the term boring. Ouch. Obviously, minds don't change overnight. So if people are reluctant to start a career in logistics, how can logisticians run a warehouse efficiently while there's such a lack of talent coming into the sector? Anton Dupreez, the Executive Vice President for Sales for Kerber in EMEA, told me about alternative methods of staffing your warehouse. I think one of the other big drivers is labour availability and labour retention. That's become a global problem that we see in all of our markets. If you take Europe, that's both availability of labour and cost of labour is forcing business to look at alternatives of how they can automate. And I would say there was a period in time where there was a concept that robots might be coming to take our jobs. I actually think it's a little bit more now that most businesses are seeing that robots are necessary to do the jobs where there are not enough people to be able to do it. So I expect automation to continue to accelerate. We're seeing that as a demand in the market very clearly. Robots in the workforce are not a new concept. Dozens of Hollywood films have explored it from Robocop to WALL-E and robotic solutions have existed in the warehouse for decades, though there has obviously been a huge surge in recent years. At Old Mill Saddlery, Robert went down the automation route to solve worker shortages caused by the pandemic. I suppose the way we've looked at handling this increased business is looking at any areas where we can automate within the business. You know, logistics were becoming a big problem for me because we basically couldn't get stuff out the door quick enough. We couldn't get the number of staff even into the warehouse due to the restrictions with uh, COVID. So then that's when I started looking at putting some sort of automation in and uh, that's when the process began. Kerber is well versed in robotic solutions for the warehouse. My question to Anton and his colleague Sean Elliott, the CTO, may well be something that you have worried about in the past. Won't robots take over the workforce and leave people jobless? Certainly what we see in the warehousing sector is that 
there is a challenge to find labor. So again, I think the bigger challenge we see in that sector from our customers is how do I get the most out of the people that I have? And one of the advantages, particularly with robots and more flexible automation, is that you can focus the humans where they add the greatest value in the process. So very commonly, people working in a warehouse spend an awful lot of time traveling from A to B. That's not value add. That's just to get them to where they can add value. So robotics particularly takes away a lot of that travel and lets the human continue to work, but work on high value activities rather than lower value activities. So again, we don't see and we find where we've implemented AMR in many customer sites. We actually find most of the staff embracing robots. They become colleagues to help them do their work as opposed to some competitor for their role. So I think we're pretty good in the warehousing and logistics space with that level of automation. And it certainly does address probably the single biggest problem of labor that our customers face. What we find is not only do workers not worry about job replacement, but they embrace the solution because it improves their life. You know, we talk about replacement of travel time and distance. The reality is working in supply chain is a wear and tear job, right? It tends to weigh heavily on workers' physical bodies. And what the robots are doing is not only expanding capacity and enabling businesses to grow as workforces become more difficult to attract and retain, but it also improves the overall worker's job satisfaction, job engagement, because it's replacing the pieces of the work they don't want to do because, again, it tends to to have a high degree of wear and tear and, frankly, some discomfort for the workers. So it improves their overall day-to-day life as well as not replacing jobs. And in a way, what Sean is saying here circles back to Alex's point earlier. Logistics is traditionally a physically demanding industry, which is going a digital transformation. The courses that Alex teaches have evolved a lot in the past few years to reflect this change. I'll let him explain more. So one of the big things that we're working on at the moment, we are just about to open a Institute of Technology within the college which is logistics-based. This is going to be kitted out with the latest and greatest in automation technology. So we've just purchased two Fetch Cart Connect 100s from Cobra and Zebra, and we're going to have these within our college soon, and we want to be able to start delivering courses on how to work collaboratively with this technology within the warehouse environment so that we are setting our students up for 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now for jobs that don't exist yet, for technologies that they won't have seen or won't be seeing for a few years within their current job role. But we are actively looking to see where the trends are going for the market and the industry and see how we can equip our learners with the best possible start to their careers within the industry. With these technological advancements changing the face of logistics, perhaps it's not just a case of convincing young people that this is a dynamic and fascinating industry, but also challenging stereotypes held by those who have more experience under their belt. The Generation Logistics benchmarking report shows that almost half of young adults don't consider working in logistics appealing but that drops to just a quarter in the demographic of people looking to change careers further down the line. Alex told me about the differences that he has found teaching school leavers and adult learners returning to formal education. Within the logistics department at South College, we have such a wide range of aged learners. 
we see them starting from 16 and I believe someone else in the department just finished someone off a few weeks ago who was 67. So we really do have a massive range of ages and diverse groups within our department. So we'll offer a lot of the level one and level two entry courses to a lot of our school leavers and sort of under 20 year olds. Within the warehousing part of the logistics department, I mainly see, again, the younger students, but because we cover everything within logistics, some of the other people in our department deal with the HGV training. Getting across information to a 16-year-old compared to a 60-year-old, so it can be a bit of a challenge sometimes, but it's always interesting. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> if they're willing to learn. Now, it might seem obvious to you that the logistics industry is undergoing an enormous shift. The rate of digitisation in recent years has been immense, and yet Alex was correct in identifying the unattractiveness of the sector to young workers. So I asked him the million-dollar question. How can we attract the best young talent into logistics? It is hard to try and get young people interested in logistics. I think how we market the courses that we're running at the college is really important in getting people excited about logistics. And this automation project we've got going on at the college and having these robots running around, I think is going to do wonders for us at the college. I think it's going to really help boost our student numbers once people see this and they realise it is not just picking and packing and driving trucks. Coming to events like this and having these chats now and letting young people know that it isn't just that, there is so much more to logistics, I think that is really how we are going to bring in this future generation into the industry. So while the logistics sector is becoming more technologically advanced, the old-fashioned reputation of the logistics industry is a difficult one to shake off. One thing is certain. Everyone in the supply chain sector has the ability to change this narrative. From the old Mill Saddlery warehouse in County Antrim to Alex's classroom in Essex, innovative new ways of keeping goods moving are out there. The future of logistics lies in finding ways for humans to work in tandem with automation technology. No need for a robot uprising. Thank you to Robert, Alex, Anton and Sean for their contributions to this episode. You can find links to Kerber, Old Mill Saddlery and South Essex College in the episode description, as well as a link to full uncut interviews on the SHG Logistics website. Join me next time when I'll take a deep dive into post-COVID warehouse automation strategy with Kerber and Old Mill Saddlery. Thank you for listening to the Logistics Podcast. Keep it moving.